I'd like to speak about our our approach to God in prayer and speak about this uh, tabernacle and praying through the tabernacle as a model for us in our prayer life. Uh, so should we do it right now? Just go right at it? Okay. Amen. Lord, we have, we have gathered in your name. Lord, on this Wednesday night, in our hearts, by faith, and we want to learn about prayer, Lord, what it is, what it means to us, and how it changes things, how much is changed because of prayer, Lord. Because we approach you, you have told us, you have invited us to come boldly into your presence. Bless our night tonight in Christ's name. Amen. Turn with me to a couple of verses as we kind of get our bearings as to what we're talking about, Hebrews chapter 10. We have, we have in our, in our Bible a, a pattern uh, called a tabernacle. And the tabernacle is on the earth and is a model of a tab, the tabernacle that is in heaven. We, we maybe know Hebrews 8, chapter 9, and chapter 10, and understand that the writer to the Hebrews is saying that the earthly tabernacle is going to pass away, but we have a heavenly one, and that we have access to God to come boldly in Hebrews 10, in verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way, which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Now, in this text, we need to understand, I can draw the picture of the tabernacle, 150 feet long and 75 feet wide with... Um, the gate, the gate here, inside a smaller building, a tent, tent actually, not a building, but smaller tent. Uh, let's see, the size, um, about 5 and 15 feet by 
25, I believe. And uh, there's a veil here that enters into the, or is the separating the um, um, Holy of Holies. This is the place inside the deepest part called the Holy of Holies. And um, this is where the Shekinah glory is. Or the kabod, ikabad, remember? Ikabad, the glory has departed. But this kabod part is where God is. And in there is the mercy seat, is the Ark of the Covenant, a box. And I think many of you know this. I just need to do a little work here. There is, when you come in, there is the altar, the brazen altar. And then the laver, or the place to wash, is also made of brass. This is the laver, or the basin, for washing. The blood off of you, or kind of washing, cleaning up after the bloody sacrifice at the altar. So we have, we have a couple of phases here. We have phase one here at the entering the courts. Entering through the gate is here, number one, I think. Number, we will look at number two, number three, and then, um, I'm sorry, I got this wrong. Oh boy. Let's do it again. Here's the courtyard the the uh, here's the holy of holies here the ark is inside here in here the priest had three pieces of furniture we have the the table of showbread we have the uh, candlestick and then we have the incense out here we have the laver and then we have the altar. I hope you, I don't lose you with the detail, but it's important for what we want to say. Uh, so this uh, tabernacle picture uh, can be used for us regarding our, our approach to God, our fellowship with God, our prayer life, actually. Praying, I love the whole idea. Help me pray, Lord. I don't know how to pray. Help me pray. How, how should I approach God? Help me pray. Give me a picture. Give me a picture or a pattern or something that would help me understand what I am doing. How I approach you, God. Like, how does this work? Because you say, uh, men ought always to pray, not to faint. Uh, so we say our prayers. But this model, or praying through the tabernacle, uh, might help us and uh, take our time and really think of something, have some picture in our mind regarding our approach unto God. So go back to Hebrews ten nineteen. Therefore, brethren, enter boldly, into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Let's make this clear immediately. When when you come to God, you come boldly through all of this into the holiest. 
And this way has been made possible immediately, always for the believer. So there is no process for us. It's all been taken care of by the finished work of Christ. Uh, close your close your eyes. You are in the presence of God. Open your eyes. You are in the presence of God. Make your bed in hell. You are in the presence of God. Through Christ Jesus. He made it possible. In the good days of bad times, in trouble, in, in comfort, in leisure, He made it possible. Christ did it all. He is the priest that went all the way into heaven and our behalf, opened up heaven for us, sent the Holy Spirit into our lives. Now we have fellowship with God without hindrance. We have access to God through Christ. Do you see that? Go to Acts, I mean Ephesians 2, please. And let's read it there. We have uh, 18, Ephesians 2, verse 18. And through him, we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Wow, life is spiritual. The Father gave us the Holy Spirit. We are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. We have access to God. We are in fellowship with God. God has called us into the fellowship. Through Christ, we have access to God the Father. There isn't a process here. Uh, we have access with God. We are born of Him. We are in His presence. We have been given His grace. We are saved by grace. So that is uh, to be understood regarding our salvation, our status, our privilege, our access. God the Father loves us, sent the Spirit into our life. Christ is our advocate. Uh, we have uh, the finished work. We have the blood of the Lamb that, that could never be uh, substituted for in any means, by any way. The blood of the Lamb. I come to God in the name of Christ. By the blood of the Lamb, I am justified. By the blood of the Lamb, we have fellowship with God. He did the work that, that's so true and so important in our prayer life. Do you see what I'm trying to say here? Or what I have said clearly? Do you see it? Okay. Okay, beautiful. Wow. Amazing. There we go. Now, how do we, when we are tired exhausted, maybe not wanting to pray, confused, troubled, filled with our, ourselves. How do I pray? How do I pray? I know we all have, uh, we all have our uh, different things about us, but I feel like I should be prepared or God should prepare me. I feel that when I come before God, I would like God to somehow lead me. I would like God to like show me or put it on my heart or in my mind how I, it is that I should come before him. I have access to him. So Lord, show me. Turn to Psalm 100 and we will do that. 
Oh, it's beautiful. All right. Psalm 100 is a great verse for us because it is about coming before God. Verse 1, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Uh, this is um, an attitude that I want to have in my life all the time, and that is to have gladness in serving God. Uh, I would like God to put it in my heart, help me but to serve him with gladness and to come before his presence with singing. Verse 3, Know the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us. Not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. So up on our diagram here, we have number one. This is the entry with two words. And it is uh, thanksgiving and praise. Uh, when you when you kind of step back, you say, I'm going to pray. Lord, I'd like to come before you in prayer. I know I have access to you through Christ, but you have all also said to me that I come with thanksgiving. So this is point, you know, number one, thanksgiving. What could I be thankful for? How much could I be thankful? What could I thank God for in my heart? How do I come before God with uh, thanksgiving? Uh, thinking about the nature of God, that helps me a lot. Who is God? Can I be thankful for him? All right, my, my troubled life is like so, but then there's God. And who is God? Yahweh Nisi, the Lord is my banner. Yahweh Zekenu, he is, the Lord is my righteous one. The Lord Shalom, Yahweh Shalom, the Lord my peace. Yahweh Jireh, he is uh, my provider. Uh, the Lord is Yahweh Rapha, the Lord is my shepherd. Can I be thankful that I have God, the living God, the wonderful God, the saving God, the providing God? How do I enter his courts with thanksgiving? This is a preparation for my prayer. Now, I'm not kneeling down necessarily because, to be honest, sometimes I kneel down and I, I, uh, I kind of struggle with that. It might be boring. Uh, it might be I fall asleep or I don't have much or I just am groaning or depressed or saddened or I can't see. And no, let, let's enter prayer with anticipation. I am coming before him with thanksgiving, with praise to God, with praise in my heart, with thanksgiving in my spirit. I put God before my face, and my God, our God, is a great big God, the almighty God. Now notice, 
I have not gone yet in the tabernacle deep in. I'm just at the court. I'm at the gate. Now I spend my time at the gate. I'm not in a hurry. I'm taking time at the gates. And I'm, not, I'm entering his court. And that is a big deal to me in my heart. It's a big deal to me that I am coming before God. Who has the privilege to come before God but the believer? Where? What are, you, what are you talking about? I'm talking about way before I get into my prayers. I'm way back here at the, at the, um, at the gate of the, the tabernacle, and I'm like thinking about my attitude. I'm thinking about what a privilege it is to come before the living God and to ask him and trust him and believe him and worship him. You know, like uh, any child coming before the parents, when they're hurting, of course, they are crying and they're hurting and they need the comforter, of course. But generally in our lives, we need to understand that, that we often come with our miserable selves and there's no reason for it. There's only our misery, our complaining, our negativity, our unbelief, our fear, and so on. You know what I mean? It's like, wait a minute. Let's get a grip on who we're approaching. We're talking about coming before the living God who made the heavens and the earth. We could stay there for a while. He made the sea and everything moving in it. He is the God of history. He is a God of creation. He's the God of every born child. The miracle of our eyeball and our ears. The miracle of our physical body. The miracle of food and animals and the planets. The miracle of who is God. God is God. And how much we could be thankful to him for everything. Why, why, why couldn't I just say my prayer time is a time of praise? that I just am praising God for every year that I have lived. Why not start when you're one year old? And say, God, thank you that I had a mother who changed my diapers. When I'm two years old, thank you when I fell down and cut my eye open. You were there. And they took care of me when I was three years old and four and so on. And every year, and just be thankful for all that we have. And then if you have a partner in life, if you have a spouse or you have a child or you, you have something, you know what I mean. So there it is. That's, that's all that I want to say about I think a lot could be said about being thankful. Not to make us feel guilty, but only to inspire us and encourage us regarding thanksgiving and praise. If you could go back a couple Psalms to 95 and look at the danger, the danger here in Psalm 95. It's about this coming before God with singing a joyful noise. And it talks about the sea is his and he made it and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us worship, bow down. He is our God. Look at verse the first seven verses, he's talking about praise and thanksgiving, and he is our God. And then, 
danger, red light, flashing light, verse 8, harden not your heart as they did in the wilderness. What? Seven verses, singing and praising and being thankful. Eighth verse, harden not your heart like they did in the wilderness. And that's my prayer, our prayers. Lord, when the hard times come, keep me soft, thankful, Keep me singing. Give me a song in the night. Keep me thankful, encouraged, because we harden our hearts when trouble comes. We harden our hearts in life. We harden our hearts by things that happen to us. We cannot see the good when it comes. We harden our hearts when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my work. Do you see that? So Psalm 95 is a good picture of like how it can go. Okay, now, are you with me now? Are we good? Okay, thank you. Encourage me. Could anybody love me? Does anybody care? Okay. <laughs> Number two, in our walk in, in the tabernacle. Coming in prayer to God. That thanksgiving and praise, we could talk about that all night. It's a big subject. The second thing is the altar. It's where the animal is brought and sacrificed. Now, these I'm talking about a believer. This is something the priest did. That priest took the animal and offered the animal for the, uh, for the, the believer. And, um, I don't want to say we are priests. I don't want to confuse you. The earthly tabernacle operated this way, but how we are operating is that we bring our, our sacrifice and we are confessing our sin. Uh, the priest would lay his hands on the sacrificial animal and it would be slaughtered. It would be cut in pieces and pieces would be put on the fire. This is fire here. The altar is a place like coals and fire, wood. There are priests that manage the furnace, the altar that was there, and they would put the sacrifice animal there and be burned. The confession is important. Uh, confess your sin. Have Make it a habit in your life. Anything that you are aware of that, that you just need to bring before God, don't hide it. Bring it out on the table. Put it out in front of God. Make your confession. I have sinned. I have sinned. This is my sin. I have sinned. This is part of our prayer life. If you don't have anything in your mind, don't make it up. If the Holy Spirit is not bringing anything to your heart and mind, do not bring it. You don't have to say anything. Uh, It isn't like you have to do this. And this is not a formality. This is a, a kind of model for instructing us how we come to God in prayer. 
Let the Lord search my heart, Psalm 139, and see if there be any evil way in me. Uh, don't hide. He that hides his sin forsakes his own mercy, uh, Jonah 2, 8 and 9. Uh, let, let's not try to hide from God. It's silly. You know, hiding from your parents was fun when you were two years old, but not when you're 18 years old. You can play hide-and-seek with your parents as a game, but when you're an adult, you can't play hide-and-seek with your parents. You shouldn't play hide-and-seek. You should have honest, open conversation. When it comes to God, even more so. Like, open up my heart. Show me, Lord, if there is anything. May your word penetrate to my spirit and my heart. Let Let me tell you, my heart is hard. My heart is hard, Lord. I'm hurt. I'm suffering. Please send a comforter and fill me with your spirit and give me fresh anointing and lead me in prayer. I need you. I need you. Uh, Psalm 136 is also beautiful. Who is God? His mercy endures forever. We are coming to a merciful God. We are making our confession to a merciful God, a true, the true God, the only wise God, the one that you don't hide things from, the one that you're very bold to be very open and naked unto him with whom we have to do. Any kind of jealousies or envy or covetousness or anything, let it be a pure work of grace that happens in our life. Okay, third one. Number three is the brazen laver. It's brazen meaning brass. Okay, laver is like a bowl that held water. And the interesting thing about this piece of furniture is that it's made out of the brass that the Jews brought out of Egypt that was the looking mirrors, the glass, looking glasses, Exodus 38, 8. Let's read it. Exodus 38, 8. He made the labor of brass, and the foot of it of brass, of the looking glasses of the women assembly. Of the looking glasses, what is that? They didn't have the gla- they didn't have glass. I don't even know if glass was invented at that time. So what is a, a mirror, a looking glass? It was polished metal. So you take a piece of metal, you polish it, and you can see a reflection. They, this was made of brass in Egypt. The women had them, looking looking glasses. They weren't. It wasn't glass. It was polished metal. And they got favor from the Egyptians. The Jews got favor from the Egyptians, so the Egyptians gave this metal to them. What did they need metal for? To make the tabernacle. It was ordained of God that the Egyptians would give them the silver, gold, brass, and other, whatever other valuables that they needed for building the tabernacle. And this particular piece of furniture, number three here up there, the brads and left, was made out of looking glasses 
that were uh, that was um, uh, of the women assembling, which assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Okay, now that that's meaningful to me because when you look at yourself. When you look at yourself, you're, you're aware of your blemishes or you see yourself. But this is a change. It's another kind of looking. It's, a, it's filled with water. So this brazen lever was filled with water. And what is water in the Bible but the word of God? We see that in Ephesians uh, uh, chapter 5, the washing of the water of the word, John fifteen three. Now you are clean through the wo- uh, word that I've spoken unto you. That cleaning, I think, was more husbandry, uh, uh, this uh, horticultural cleansing of a tree, clipping it and pruning it. But you are clean through the word. Uh, the word and the spirit. This is what we wash in. Instead of being aware of ourselves, we become aware of what God says about us. I want to know what God says. So if we have a brazen laver that was made out of looking glass and mirrors, and I washing in there, it's a kind of another kind of awareness. It's an awareness of myself based on the word. I would like to know what God is saying to me. I've been looking at myself long enough. Now I want to know what God is saying about me. I honestly, I'd like to know what God says about me. Really, it's a real thing. This is uh, part of our approach to God is to shift from ourselves to what God is saying about us. I'd like to know what God is saying about me. I looked at myself in Egypt, but now I want to look at myself in the wilderness in the brazen laver that will wash me. Now notice the face before was bloody. So when I, I have some blood on me, or this is the priest, and he's washing because he's going to minister to God in the holy Place. This is the first part of the room here, this one. Okay. Wow, that's cool. Huh? Engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. Engrafted word. Let's put that verse up because we, we don't want to go too quick on that verse. Engrafted word. James 1. Is it 21? Yes. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. What's the word engrafted mean? It's like, it just sounds like it in English, like engrafted. It's like planted in you. Grafted in, you know, like like wed wedded to you, 
engrafted word. It connects with you. That word which is able to save your soul. Now, prayer, this is getting fascinating because we're talking about having a prayer life that is actually relating to something that God does by his word in connecting his word with your spirit. Now you are ministering. You have entered into the tabernacle and you're making your way in ministry. And the word of God, the water of the word that you are washing in is actually making you an able minister. You are actually in the presence of God ministering, not your flesh, because you left the flesh back outside. And when you enter your gates with thanksgiving and with praise, you're stepping into faith and you're putting away the things of the world. Listen, outside here, there's camels walking by. There's thieves. There's thieves and conspirators talking. The world is happening outside of this tabernacle. The world is happening. There's government and powers and military and armies and philosophy and society as people know it. But you are, you are now ministering to God. You have a ministry to God. Angels have a ministry to God. The believer has a ministry to God. The believer is actually in the courts of God ministering and he's clean. And he's ministering, and he has a has an influence. He has an effect. He's on the earth, and the angels are coming and going, and they know, they recognize. Remember, the demons said, uh, Jesus we know, Paul we know, but who are you? You don't have any power with God. But these people have power in prayer, power in praise power in faith they have power with god they are the spiritual spirit-filled people that are praying that are asking god that are ministering in the tabernacle now we wash here and i think if we took our time at every stage here we took our time and worked on it in our hearts And at that brazen labor, I mean, I think I could stay there a long time and go through Bible verses in my heart, wait on God, just kind of look at my Bible, take my time. I don't have to read a lot. I don't have to talk a lot, but I can just take my time and just look at a page and just enjoy it. I'm in the presence of God. The Spirit of God is our teacher. If I just took my time, it's like a couple minutes at every stage and you just easily 30 minutes is gone. But I, I really, I really am saying that I really believe that there is something to this. That yes, I have Christ that that makes it possible for me to take my time and go through this and approach God with fervency, clarity, and authority, and say, Lord, I am here in Christ's name. And you know, I know, you know, 
We are in fellowship, and I'm asking you. I am believing you. I am believing you, and I'm serious about it. Guys, you work that in me. You work that in me. You see the difference between what we're talking about right now and how some believers could just say, oh, yeah, I said my prayers, and then they just move on. You know, I said prayer. Yeah, of course I pray. You know, I, I was in my car, and, you know, I was in traffic, and I prayed. And, and I, I turned into the grocery store, and I prayed for a parking spot, and I got one really right up front. Yeah, I, I'm not making fun of those prayers, but I am trying to say something. Yeah, we have access to the living God, and he's an amazing God. He is the living God. He is the powerful God. I'm trying to say you have power with him. I'm saying that prayer is an awesome thing. Jesus knew it, and he spoke a lot about it. And he told us to pray. And he also inferred that we don't have because we don't ask. And maybe we're not asking because we're so quick. We're so fast. We're not thinking about it. It's like a a credit card. Hey, God, in Jesus' name, thank you very much. I got it. You know what I mean? So this is, uh, I hope it's helpful. I know it's helpful, okay, to slow it down here. Maybe we will do a couple more aspects. You enter into the this place here called the holy place, and there's three articles of furniture, and one of them is the bread. Uh and there were loaves of bread there for the priests to eat. And I don't, want, I don't want to say much about it except that actually I believe that there's something there for me to eat. I have an appetite. I am hungry. But I'm spiritually hungry. I want to eat something. You know, when you start eating and you're living and you're eating, this is spiritual food, then, then you remember that. That was great pizza that I had the other day. That was a great sandwich I ate the other day. You remember that. And spiritually, in prayer, when you find this, you remember it. And you go back for it. You remember it. it it's It's food. Jesus said it to the, at the woman, at the, he said it to the disciples at the well. He said, I have, I have bread to eat that you don't know of. And, and he said, I am the bread of life. If you eat this bread, you will not be hungry. You'll be hungry for that bread, but you won't be hungry for the world. The problem in life is that people don't have this prayer life, this fellowship, so they are hungry for the world. They wrestle with the world so much. They're afraid of falling. They're afraid of the temptation. They're afraid of uh, living in sin. They're afraid of falling. They're afraid of failing God. They're afraid. That's how they live. They are torn because they don't have enough of this that is satisfying to them. And that's where you and I want to be. Have you found it? Have you found Christ in such a way that you are hungry for him more and more? Are you, uh, have you found like words, bread, words? My, 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 uh, my, have we found Jesus 
as the bread of life. The priest does. And he's eating there. How long will you stay there? I'll stay there for a while. I'm eating the bread. I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I got it. I, I enjoy it. I'm Jesus is real. And Jesus is here. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. How many pastors in this country and in the world want that for their people? How many of us want it for ourselves? How many pastors know that Jesus is satisfying to them and to their people? And how many labor so that we can get through this, uh, this uh, swamp of a life and find this ministry inside the Holy of Holies and eating that bread. How about it? I remember, I remember this because what I just said is coming from my experience. I was weak spiritually. I was uh, struggling in different ways. I was, did not have much of a prayer life. I didn't have, I wasn't, uh, you know, I was somehow stale. And then I found myself dealing with temptations. And I started to worry about it. You know, oh my. Like this temptation is fascinating to me. This thing that I would do wrong. It's like, oh no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. But it, it's strong. It's drawing me to this uh, other thing, this way, or this uh, temptation is strong. And I remember, and I, it helped me understand, and I, go, I thought, oh, that's what my people are struggling with. That's what that many believers are struggling with and failing in. They are so close to the temptation, and they feel the strength, and they are afraid of it, and then they give in, and they feel discouraged and depressed and hurt, and their failures and so on, you know? So, so what do you do about it? I think what we're saying tonight, like, maybe think about this message and process it, and somehow believe what I'm saying that what the word is saying that actually to come before God this way and he 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 fills you and strengthens you and you find the joy and the power of God in your heart and then you look at that temptation you go no that not even I'm not looking at you. I'm not fascinated by you. I'm not attracted to you. I'm not interested in you. You have no power over me. Thank you, Jesus. You have, you have made that clear to me. Thank you. At this moment, and as a habit and as a way of life, we are run through a troop. We are seated in heavenly places. We have an authority over our sin nature. And if I reckon myself dead and alive unto you, it, indeed, that is the reality. The devil says, it's not real. And we counter and say, it is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and we have found it. Watch how I live, devil. 
I am over you and above you, and I'm a testimony of the fact that it is real. Okay? All right. The second piece of furniture there is the candlestick, and this is the church's. I'm going to just put it that way, because in Revelation, the candlestick is the seven churches, and the Moriah, the candlestick, the Jewish candlestick, the seven branches, and and using Revelation and just say that that the ministry, the ministry in the in the uh, context of the church, a ministry for people in the church, uh, the prayers for the body members in the church, the pastors in the churches, uh, the work of God happening on the earth that this is in God's heart. Pray for the churches that are outside of our uh, fellowship. Pray for the denominations. Pray for the leaders. Uh, pray for the pastors. Pray for our sisters and brothers around the world that we know. And we are ministering. We have power in prayer. Prayer for the churches. And then the incense, is this, this one here, is the incense... And we have the, and this is also prayer in Psalm 141. And the incense that was burned, filled the, the fragrance was sweet. Oh, that's beautiful. I love the smell, incense. Some of you burned it in your homes, uh, the incense. You know, when things are dirty or unclean or smelly, People burn incense. In the ancient world, they did do that. They burned incense a lot because things did stink, as I explained the other day. They smelled bad, but not in this room. Not in this room. It smells great. It's beautiful. It's a fragrance. Uh, then, Then the high priest would enter once a year into the Holy of Holies with the blood and we were accepted. The door, the, the veil was torn when Christ was crucified, so we have access to God in the Holy of Holies. And I think I, I just wanted to say, if you want a prayer life to be somehow have a pattern of thinking of how you approach God and take your time at it, then this is one of them. And I, I want to practice this myself. I have. I've heard about it. I studied it today. And I like, I like to present that to you folks to help you think about your prayer life. And I really believe that our whole work around the world is connected with this kind of ministry. I think if we don't have this kind of ministry, it doesn't really matter what we're doing the wheels are turning, people are going, people are talking, feeling, they're giving money, they're doing this and that, but really it doesn't, it's not what needs to be done. What needs to be done has to happen from heaven. When it happens from heaven, people do give money, large amounts sometimes, or two mites, little amounts of money, they do. People do do go to the mission field because God sends them. People do come here to go to Bible college because we prayed. 
We are in the holy place. We ask the living God. He accepted our prayers. Our, our prayers were not about us and our, our flesh. Our prayers were in the Holy Spirit, in faith and in love. And God answered our prayers and he did work in saving souls and homeless people finding a new life. Wow. A police officer finding Christ. Wow. An important person like a politician has a lot of influence over millions of people getting saved or an athlete or somebody addicted. It's over. It's done. Wow. How did it have God answered prayer? How did the Bible open up to somebody? The Bible was closed for decades and it opened up to them and they are so excited about the Bible. How did that happen? God answered prayer. Prayer did it. How did the church get packed out with people? God sent people like he sent animals to Noah's Ark. He sent people to Moravia Park Drive. By the grace of God, he answered prayer. He answered prayer. Where did Pastor Shabelli come from? God answered prayer. Where did Karen Peebach come from? God answered prayer. Where did Kaylee who's going to marry? Oh, no. God answered prayer. How did it happen? There was prayer. Men ought always to pray. How did the prodigal come home? God answered prayer. Do you follow what we're saying tonight? You understand it. I know you do. Listen. I'm encouraged by it. I really believe a lot is happening in the world because we are people of prayer. But I also believe more could happen. You know what's in my heart? Just to share it with you by faith. New York City. New York City. 16 million people. The place is on fire. They have problems. Way amazing. God send God could do it. I don't know. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I enter the court here. I enter into this place here saying, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I come before God. I say, I don't want to go. And that, that is like, leave it at the door. It's not about you or me. It's about what does God want to do. And he needs us on the earth to participate with him and ask, receive and see what God will do. Amen. Would you pray with me? Hey, I got another idea before we pray. Uh, talk to your neighbor for a minute about the message. And then we'll pray. <clears throat> 